0: Whoa. What's up? What's up, everyone? Welcome back. And it is time to make up your mind with me, Mandy. And I have a very special guest today. Her name is Eve Morrow, and she's an actress here in Los Angeles and probably all over other parts of the world. Say hello.
1: Yeah.
0: Whoa, hello. Hello. <laughs> We're here in L.A. We met in L.A., so hey. Yeah. yeah. So, but, you know,
1: sometimes my movies stream in other places other yeah. than Los yeah. Angeles. Yeah. Sure. Like right now,
0: one's on Netflix that we worked on together, Cypher. Uh, Netflix is it? It's on Roku. Roku. Um, my bad, Roku. Yeah, Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, But that's what we worked on. That's how we met. Uh Uh-huh, yeah. That was... Like three, years?
1: three years, something like that. I
0: think it might've been more because I was with my ex at the time we've broken up for two. Ooh. So it was over, I think, I think
1: four. At least, well, yeah, I maybe four years, four and a half, maybe because yeah. the pandemic was two years, you know? And we're still. Yeah. we. We'll this is still going on. I think oh yeah. Better. Oh, I forgot. Okay. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, yeah. But yeah, that's how you and I met. I yeah. was the
0: makeup, I was a makeup artist and hairstylist on there. and I mean, you kind of just clicked and uh-huh. we stayed in touch. I just really like your energy and you're here. Yeah. We've got this
1: fiery energy. Yeah, you know? Sagenatly. Okay. Baby, uh-huh. Woo. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's a lot. That's I know. A lot. Don't don't take us to a party together. Oh my god, you know, we are the party. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, but I'm really happy to have you here, and thank you for taking the time out to be here. Yeah, I'm yeah. Kind of excited. Yeah, me too. So, where are you originally from, and how did you get to LA, and what made you decide to get into
1: the entertainment industry? All right, uh, originally I'm from Atlanta, Georgia. My father came over here um, from Sicily on a boat through Ellis Island. Italiano, yeah, Sicilian, little different, you know. <laughs> Oh, yeah, okay. yeah. Sicilians and Italians don't like to be called the same thing. Oh god, like, yeah. I'm sorry, guys. No. <laughs> <laughs> but everywhere else, yeah, it's it's weird thing. We're two minutes in and everything. Oh shit! Already? <laughs> All right, here we go. And uh, he came through. Uh, went to New York first. Then he moved to Atlanta. He opened a lot of strip clubs there. Actually, he did the. Um, he first did burlesque clubs because strip clubs weren't around okay. back then. And then, um, then he did male review, male strippers, and then. Uh, Female strippers and then punk rock clubs, things like that. Interesting, yeah. Okay. And that's where he met most of his wives, including my mom. Most of his wives, yes, yes. I so okay. came to America. He's like blonde hair, blue eyes, nice breasts. I'm like, he's a stud. Apparently, oh, he has to be a stud. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, he's uh, he's born in 1934, so he's had his time, okay. you know. But he was he's a good looking man. Yeah, yeah. Um, he loved the women, you know, and he, he had a lot of them. Apparently. <laughs> so I am. Uh, he met my mom. They worked together. We lived in Atlanta. Uh, so I'm the youngest of three sisters and two brothers. Wow. I have one sister, and I share the same mom and dad. Okay. Uh-huh. And, uh huh. And from there, we uh we had a little bit of some things happen in Atlanta. So we moved to Florida. I stayed there for a while. My parents did real estate. I got into acting and and just being. I was really creative. I found it difficult to talk to people and, you know, sometimes through, through other things, you know, you have, that's how you express yourself and me being creative and me being, having this outlet. So, you know, I had this, I was kind of a shell and I was always, I was timid in certain ways and being an actress and I could be any character or I could do anything and I could get on stage and I could perform. And so then, you know, I did a lot of schooling. I dropped out of school uh, and, uh, after that I was working in a law firm, chiropractor's office, you name it. And I got a severance from the law firm because, you know, they just didn't knew me anymore. And I used the thousand dollar severance, bought a ticket to LA, one way ticket. And, uh, and I lived on in South Central first, 54th and Crenshaw. I rented a room from oh, the penny saver. Do okay. you know the penny saver? I remember. Yeah. Oh my God. That's how I
0: used to look at job, look for jobs. Yeah. <laughs> <right>? <laughs>
1: So, I, I go to the Penny Saver and I'm looking it up, and there's this lady named Miss Evelyn Smith. She was renting a room for like $300 in this house. And then I was just renting out there, and uh, I looked around for model agencies at the time. And uh, my first job was a Madonna video, Hollywood, the Hollywood video. Everyone comes to Hollywood, tried to make it in the neighborhood. How
0: interesting. Yeah. That was your first video, and that's
1: literally what you just did. Yeah, yeah. Uh huh. And then, uh, so as director. Jean-Baptiste Mondino. He did um,
0: a couple That's of a others. Yeah.
1: And so we did that. That was my first job. And then ever since then, I've been working mostly in modeling, acting. And uh, here I am with you. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we're so happy to have you. Yeah. Um, so,
0: like, growing up in Atlanta with your dad, you know, being with multiple women and things like that did yeah. that did that did that affect you as a child, or did it
1: affect your family, or no, no, you know, and in a way, I think the whole thing is a lot of people want to to use something that's happened to them as a child, which we all we can all take from what's happened to us in a child, sure. and it, we could build off of that. Sure. But a lot of times, like from for instance, with my father. He was with a lot of women and he did have strip clubs and he had male burlesque or male uh, review clubs and things like that. But the way he treated them wouldn't have been any different. But then again, for instance, let's say a lot of people, things happen to them traumatic or or anything. They tend to, everyone has a traumatic childhood. We've all gone through trauma. I mean, for the majority of us, yeah. So you look at it that way, but a lot of people want to use that as an excuse to why they are the way they are. And I just think that's a bunch of bullshit because you could look at people who've gone through hell and back, and they're doing fine. And they're not saying, "Hey, well, I went through this and this is the reason why I'm this way." And I find that a lot that's a really shallow way of thinking because there's a quote. there's a quote I just remember. I, I tried to memorize a quote per day. I love that. And uh, it says, "I am um, I think that only shallow people can hold on to a sorrow. It's a man who's mastered himself, can let go of a sorrow as easily as he can invent a pleasure. So I want to, yeah, (laughs) so I don't want to be the master. I don't want to be, I'm so, I'm so bad. I just started memorizing this one today. So it's like, I want to use my emotions. I want to master them and I want to dominate them. So with that, and that was Oscar Wilde. And I paraphrased the shit out of that, (laughs) but you know, it's saying, To to hold on to these things, it's it's really what it is. It's it's misery for yourself. Right. And these these awful things that have happened to you to take it and to feel this emotion and just to let it go as quickly. A lot of people want to hold on to this negative stuff rather than holding on to these positive things that happen. And so just take it, accept it. Go through the emotion. Let it go. Don't fucking wallow and sit there and make that be a part of your life. Don't identify with this being who you are. Because that's just a thing that happened. It's not you. Yeah, it's not you. And if you want to make that about who you are, that's your choice. And you know what? There's a lot of people, well, I grew up like this, and this is just the way it's going to be. You know what it is. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Well, you know what? Then I would have been living in Florida still, probably no job, high school, dropout, not doing shit. You know, maybe smoking crack. I don't know. You know, but I'm not. And I didn't think of where I came from as this crutch. I didn't think when I moved out here, I was like out of my mind, delusional. And that's what you need. You need this delusion, this grandiose thing about yourself to make it because it's like I believe in myself. I don't give a fuck what anyone else thinks. I believe in me. And if you have that, if you walk in a door and you have that passion and you have that drive and you believe in yourself, other people are gonna believe in you. They they want to believe, you know? Everybody wants positive.
0: Yeah. And they they want to believe and they want something to believe in. I always say the pain should push you. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. You know, because like going through a pain, you don't want to feel that anymore. You just want to move along. But again, like you said, some people sit in that and it's like, you're cheating yourself. Yeah. You're like you're right. literally cheating yourself. And like, everybody's <laughs> fucked up. <laughs> Honestly, like we are all messed up. Oh, yeah. It's how you deal with it. It's literally how you deal with it and how you use, not not as an excuse, but you use it as like stepping stones yeah, to yeah. get to where you're going. Definitely. You know? Yeah. So did you, were you always interested in entertain
1: entertainment? You know, um, not always. I remember one of my first, the first thing I wanted to be, oddly enough, I wanted my name to be Roxy. Okay, You know, one of those things. I wanted her name to be Roxy. Her name, my imaginary person. Alter ego. Yes, hey. yes. I'm like, her name will be Roxy. <laughs> and she'll be working at a bar, one of the smoky bars near piano. And she'll be singing, like, the blues and stuff like that. And everyone's smoking cigarettes. And then, at night, she'd be an assassin. So, when I was a little girl... <laughs> That's I what I it. wanted to be. I wanted to be Roxy, this blues singer, in a smoky bar, you know, <laughs> singing fucking songs. And then, at night, I'd go kill people. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I'm still... Maybe there's a hope. Maybe, maybe you should make a movie out of this. <laughs> so, to me, it sounds a little <laughs> bit like a
0: pot. Right? Okay.
1: But I was like, I don't... You know, because I didn't know... And that's one good thing about my parents, because they were just open books. Like they didn't teach the same way other people did. I mean, because they were they were characters within themselves. So tell me a little bit about your parents. Yeah. Yeah. Like Your mom. Uh, My mom, she's she came from a lot, you know, and we all have our struggles. She came uh, her family. Her mother died at a young age and then she was given to a couple other families, ran away and there's parts of her story that would need to be told by her, Absolutely. but yeah, Absolutely. yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know, I adore her. She's a she's a great person. She's been through so much. She's had struggles and things like that. But she was always with me, especially. Hmm. Um, there was, you know, she was if someone said anything to her kids, because she had um, she had me and my sister, and then my older brother with another man. My brother's mixed race, and you know, first of all, in Georgia back then, or in Florida in certain parts. You know, if someone said anything to us, my dad's Sicilian. We're a lot darker than my mom, too. My mom is like a fucking firecracker. Like, she jumped over this fence once and started beating some lady's ass. Like, no one could say anything to her kids, you know? Mama bear to the fullest. Yeah, you know? But there's things that she also did as well. Like, you know, I would just roam around the backyard and do things. And she never made me feel weird or my father at all about whatever I do. I was very particular about certain things, but them not judging or them not shutting me up, you know, when I was a chatterbox and when the, all those things that they just, they let me do. It wasn't, you know, cause the world conditions you say this, do that, do this, say this. And then you aren't even yourself. It's like, it's like Tetris when you, when you fit in, you disappear and all these people are disappearing and they're becoming what society wants us to become and we lose our individuality. We lose why we were brought on this planet. Because we're like all snowflakes. We're so fucking intricate, right? We're so, di- yeah. so different. And that's why we're here. We're not here to be the same person. And so I was allowed to be this weird, eccentric little girl. I had aluminum foils on the window. I had no idea why. I would do these weird things and dance. They of you. Yeah. And it's not that they thought it was. I mean, I'm sure they did, but they let me. Didn't care Yeah, do what She's going to do whatever she wants. Oh, she's a little weird. I pissed my pants until I was in fifth grade. Why? I don't know. Like, it's not that my parents didn't teach me, but I was like, oh, I was so busy doing this and I didn't want to miss out. And then I'm just like, oh, now I'm pissing my pants, I guess, you know? And then finally I was getting made fun of the kids and I'm like, I got to figure this thing out. I'm doing all of these other things and I just need to put my focus in something. Not that they didn't mention things to me, but they didn't make me feel bad about who I was. I was on my own path and everyone has their own paths, even when it comes to learning and things like that. We we put these children all together and we expect them to learn the same way. And that's not right. Everyone learns differently. And, you know, I, I do have slight dyslexia. I have things like that. But even just to, just to be, just to try and understand like the school system, it's so, it just caters to one type of learning. You know, and it's not fair. And some kids need to be hands on, and some kids need other things. Some kids can't sit still. Yeah. Yeah.
0: It's like, and then they're, oh, that kid can't sit still. Oh, no. And then the whole whole class is like, oh, that's like little Tommy. Can't like, and then how it makes the kid feel. It's like that Mm -hmm. will stay with that kid forever. Yeah.
1: Forever. It will. And then they're holding on to that. And then there's all these little things. If the kid can't sit still, all right, then you know what? We're going to learn your ABCs. Put that A up there. Bump back. Run back. Do this, do that. Yes, not say, I want all, you know what, I've had a tough day, I'm, t- I'm pretending to be a teacher. Right, right. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a, okay, so go, 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 And action, <laughs> I've had a tough day. You guys do your lesson. I want you to sit in silence and then write your A's and B's. I don't know if you do cursive. Just do it there. And then you could come up to the desk and raise your... That's not how you learn. And I didn't learn that way. I would fall asleep in certain classes. Same. I couldn't keep my eyes open. Same. And they would just talk. And when I can't fall asleep at night, I put on a documentary with some voice that sounds like my English teacher when he used to talk. Like, And when I was a kid, I used to think about this fucking guy. He talks so slow and like this. When I, I couldn't, couldn't fall asleep. Find yeah. Dry eyes or clear eyes uh-huh. are than dry eyes. And then when I couldn't fall asleep, I'd think about him and I'd knock out. <laughs> I'm like, this is, and then you wonder why I dropped out of school. I'm like, it didn't cater to the way that I need to be taught. And so dropping out of school. What year did you drop out? 10th uh, tenth, tenth grade-ish. Okay, yeah. Okay. And but you know dropping out of school, everyone's like, oh, education is great on paper, but it doesn't even matter anymore. It literally does. I've educated myself so much more than all these my friends. Some people's gotten, they have master's degrees. I learned more
0: on TikTok than I did yeah. in school,
1: and then YouTube literally. videos. Yes. you know, there's so, so much out there. It's but we we conditioned everyone to to think that we need to be a, the same way that we needed the children need to do this. And we need to say this, and we're all like these sheep. And that's why we're so depressed because we're living in in this thing that was created for us, but it's not us. And it's so sad. And and we do this and we go to church and we wake up and we're not, none of us are alive. We're dead already. And existing. We're, not, we're yeah. just existing. We're not yeah. living. Yeah. I say that
0: all the time. Yes, exactly. That's why I always encourage people like. Go after what you want. You have to go after what you want because you're just going to be miserable wasting your life away, making somebody else rich. Like, it's like, Uh I just got so tired of it yeah I just got so tired of it and I was always just such like a very intricate kid too like I would put on these shows like four years old dirty dancing like in love with Johnny Castle Patrick Swayze we have the same birthday literally obsessed that movie literally changed my life I was like I want to be baby oh, like what does baby do I want to be I was like oh she's an actress I'm like cool I want to be an actress like literally <laughs> I sang I danced I put on shows like fashion shows like I with video cameras before TikTok yes. like literal like skits and uh-huh. stuff like that and you look at me now and I have my own
1: freaking podcast. You if know, we're what doing I mean? the same thing. Yes. It's the same thing we did when we were kids. Then we're like, that's we who have we to are. stop doing this. We have to stop. We have to be serious. We got to get a job as an accountant. Fuck you. <laughs> I'm not going to. You know, some people like that. Yeah, some people don't, don't like. <laughs> yeah, some people like this stuff. But don't tell me what I have to do. Don't tell me I have to get married by a certain age. I'm 40. I've never been married. I've never had kids. And you know what? You're happy. Now. Now I don't want one, and then it's like, oh, well, when are you planning? Like, who made up this rule? Like, when? Say when did this? When I'm- like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna start making up rules too, you know? I've just done- like, yeah, just like um,
0: national donut day and stuff. I'm like, what the? F-? I'm like, yeah, okay, today's
1: national like what? Like, let's just make
0: shit up now. Yeah, like, that's yeah. how I feel. Yeah, and, like, are they-, they
1: just <laughs> yeah, they made up the way we we're supposed to live. <laughs> yes. I mean, we're not supposed to live live this way, I don't think. And don't you we're know? Not. It's we're like, not. yeah, we're meant to be way more mm-hmm. than that. And we're free spirits. We're alive. We, we like. It's just, it's exhausting not to be yourself. It's exhausting not to fully fucking go out there and like feel, be alive and, you know, do what you want to do. You said, you know, a lot of people don't do this. You're doing your podcast. You're doing all these things, but they have this fear of failure. Well, when you're on your deathbed and Rudy, you don't Rudy. do that, who fucking cares if you fail? I fail every day. That's what being in the entertainment industry is oh about. My God. Every day. And I learn from my failures all the time. I'm like, man, I messed that up. And I beat myself up and then I'm like, I'm not going to do it again. And I get stronger and I get more fucking awesome, you know? No, like, seriously. Like, failure gives you character. And I can say, yeah, I really messed that up. I mean. But what did you learn from yeah. it? Yeah. And you always learn. Otherwise, if you don't learn. Then you weren't paying attention. Yes. Oh. My dad said that all the time. And, all
0: the time. He's like, if you're not, if you didn't learn, you weren't paying attention. He's and, like, you need to redo it. That's why, like, I feel like, the, like. The universe or God, whatever you guys want to call it, whatever anybody calls it, uh-huh. will keep giving you the same lesson yes. until you like overcome it. Yeah, you know what I mean. Uh-huh. And like it's bad relationships, uh-huh. like like crappy jobs, or uh-huh. like you know you keep not being
1: able to like be on your own or something like that. It's like because yeah. you have to learn something. You do. It, it will keep coming back in different forms. You yes. know, you don't speak up for yourself, and then it's going to keep happening, happening again. That first time you do it, it's like always. Go towards the thing that scares you, not like yes. in a stupid way. Not saying, "Hey, go towards shooting up." I'm not saying yeah, no. that shit. I'm saying towards the thing that scares you in, in a good way. Like, oh, well, I know he offered me this for the job, but my rate's normally this. Why do not I say? You know, like just say it. What do you have to lose? Like, and what you have to know your worth. Yeah, you have to know your worth because no one's going to. No one's going to tell you for you. They're going to always, you know, They're see gonna what try they can to get. Oh, get. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: So it's like, know your worth. Like if you feel like you're worth this much, say it, ask for it. Yeah. They might say, no, cool. Not meant to be next job. Somebody Cause if will pay you it. don't
1: know your worth and they're not going to tell you, it, it, it's not even the entertainment industry. It's like I remember working at a job and I would work seven in the morning to seven at night. And then I was like cleaning little things around here and there. And once it was like after a year and I asked my boss, I'm like, do you think I can get a raise? He's like, you know, what? I was just wondering when you were going to ask. Of course. I'm like, if you don't ask, the answer will always be no. Yeah, always. Yeah, and I'm
0: the type of, I'm the type of person I can't talk right now. I'm the type of person where I'm like, you know, I I I know what I want, and I'm like, where there's a will, there's a way. Like, and if that person tells me no, that's not my customer. That's not my person. That's not that's not that, part of my journey. Yeah, that
1: wasn't that wasn't your door. Yeah, yes, and then totally. no, no you know, it's like when one door shuts, another one opens. Or sometimes when the door shuts, lock it, bolt it up. <laughs> like, I forget right. about it. Yeah. <laughs> It's not there anymore. <laughs> uh, yeah, exactly. uh, what were
0: some of, what, what would you
1: say some of your hardest
0: struggles have been uh, um, up to now in your okay, life? Okay. Okay. Well, um,
1: you know, when I was younger, I, uh, I was really depressed at one time and, you know, I found I was closing off from people and, uh, I wouldn't come out of my room really quiet. And the funny thing is I thought that I had never, I would never see that person again, because it took me a long time to get out of that.
0: Okay, right? there's that, I'm And there. then,
1: but I did this work on myself, like every day, still even to the day, I, I wake up in the morning, I write in my journal, I meditate, I go hiking, I memorize, if I'm not doing work on something, I'll memorize a poem or a quote, I'll, I'll do all of these things, because I need that for my, my own mental health, and then... You know, I was doing all of these things. And recently, actually, I was just so... I was depressed. And I talked to my analyst once a week and everything. I'm like, I don't know what it is, what's going on. This is during the pandemic. I'm like, oh I God. do all these things. And I'm healthy and I'm hiking. and I am not abusing my body in any way. And I'm like, I just can't get out of this bunk. And I was just... I didn't really want to get up. And I'm like, fucking, I feel like walking in front of a bus today. Not really. But I was like, I said that to him. I'm like, you know, like, I am just... I've got nothing. And he did. He, you know, there's such a stigma on taking things. And, you know, I really don't care because it helped I me. I love that you're talking about this. Yeah. I love
0: it because I have stuff to implant. So yeah. You're it really, it
1: helped me. And I was telling some of my friends and they were saying, depressed. My doctor's like, let's put you on Lexapro, small dose. Okay. And he's like, I know there's a stigma, but he's like, you're doing all the work. But you think of it like this, like my engine, my battery, car battery has been running for so fucking long and I just ran it out. I left my lights on, everything. It's dead. And I just needed someone to jump my battery. And now I'm going to keep, you know what I mean? It's getting that recharge right now. And and that's the way I'm looking at it, you know, and it's not forever. And I, since I took it, it took a while. I still stuck to my schedule. Every morning I have my skills or my habits. I do make my bed every day. I do that. And then like things started getting lighter. I wasn't becoming so OCD about certain things and like, oh, I can't take care of this. Or, you know, I wanted everything to be a certain way. I'm like, I just started letting go a little bit. I'm like, it's okay. And having more mindfulness, which I I try to practice too. And just being in the moment, I'm like, it's okay. And I have a pretty fucking good life. Yeah. And I'm fucking, I'm like, I'm happy to be here. And I'm like, there's so many factors and it does have to do with, um, you know, genetics and things like that. But, you know, my my battery was dead and I needed a little jump. And I know there's a stigma on it, but it helped me. And a lot of girls are like, oh, I don't want to take that. Or a lot of guys I know. I'm like, man, it can help you. And I didn't I was doing everything. I was doing everything by the book, but I still couldn't get there. I couldn't get happy. I was just sad, and, you know, for whatever reason, it doesn't have to be something happen. It could be a multiple things happening. And then, and then hitting you
0: later. It's yeah. like, it's
1: like holding suppressing and then yeah.
0: being in a pandemic by yourself, creative, uh-huh. creative and not being able to like be on set like we are every day yeah. and see people and like, oh my God, we have to wear a mask. And then like the media, like instilling fear. It's like holy shit. And then we were just by ourselves. Like you sat with yourself. but guess what? Look at what came out on the other end of that. Like you were low, but you fixed it and Uh you're happy to be here and you're able to speak to people and help them. Uh Just speaking from my experience, I'm just so glad you brought this up because I haven't shared this with my audience yet. And as I go along, I'm going to start to share more with you guys. I just don't want to like bombard you because my life, I mean, yeah, we'll get there. Um, but, During the pandemic is when I came up with the concept for this podcast. So I was like at my lowest point too. Like I, it's like, like you said, like, oh, you told your therapist, like, you wanted to walk in front of a bus, but you weren't serious, but you kind of were. Yeah. You were going to do it, but that's how uh, you felt. But that's how you felt, but you weren't going to go do it. Same thing with me. It was like, I wanted to be alive and I loved living, but I didn't understand why. I'm like, why? Why is all this happening? Like, yeah, why is Uh all this happening? Like, this is really messed up, like whatever. So I basically like seeked therapy and I got on Zoloft, Uh which is Uh more anxiety, more anxiety. No, it's antidepressant, but I'm more on the anxiety side, but they said that it would help with anxiety. Uh So I started Zoloft. I started my therapy. Um, I started to really dive hardcore into mental health. And that's how I came up with the concept of this because I was like, if I'm feeling this way right now by myself Uh and I was able to ask for help and seek it, how many people out there are feeling this way and not talking about it Uh and not seeking help and God forbid taking their life, whatever. Uh I never wanted anybody to feel like that again. And ever since I was a little girl, I've always felt the need, like, I need to save people. Yes. Like I was that girl at all the parties, like, are you okay? Stop drinking. Yes. Are you okay? Think like see, Oh my God, are you okay? Do you need food? Like yeah. I could never just chill. Mom I was, either. yes, but yeah. I, don't, I, don't want, I don't want kids I don't want kids. But it's like I was just, I'm so nurturing and loving and I care so much about people. So I found a way to do it. Yeah. And this is we're here today.
1: And you know what? <laughs> and the thing is too, like coming from from us, we're both very strong women, yes. right? And for me to say, and for you to say, and I feel like if anyone's out there, they're like, "Oh, they have it all together, or whatever." No. But like, I still needed help, and I did everything. It's not like I was do- doing nothing. I did everything, and I still needed it. And it's okay, and it's okay to accept it, and it's okay to talk about it. Like, why are all these things taboo? Hey, I'm on Lexapro, and yeah. it feels gr- I feel great. <laughs> I don't want to walk in front of a bus. Like, fuck <laughs> off. Who cares? Yeah, yeah, and yeah. It's like all these things that we're not supposed to say and do. It goes back to being conditioned. It's like. We are living, and, and you know what I mean. It's just like we're living. This, we can't do this. We can't say this. it, This is our life. We have one life, and it's so precious. And you re- know, yeah, and uh, regret
0: lasts longer than fear. Yeah, yeah. Like you said on your death but like you're gonna be like, "Damn it, I should have did that." Uh-huh. You know what I mean? And it's just, I just, I just think it's so important for everybody to know. And this is like the motto of my podcast. I'm not sure if you know, but you literally just said it in other words. It's okay uh-huh. to be vulnerable and ask for help. Yeah, you're not weak. Uh uh-huh. You're not weird. Yeah. You're not like, oh my God, like, no. Like, if you are suffering, ask for help. And at the end of every episode, we put, like, the suicide hotline and everything. Yeah. Like, I just want people to know, like, there is, even if you are afraid to talk to somebody, again, this is why I have my podcast. Like, tap into this podcast and listen. And you'll yeah. you'll understand you're not alone. Yeah. And that people go through stuff. and And we just have to remember who we are remember our identity mm-hmm. and find our love and our passion and remember what we have in our lives to be grateful for. Even when we feel so low, no matter what I swear to God, you can look around the room and find at least one thing you're grateful for.
1: Yeah. And you know what that I'm vulnerability, that. that right there, that, that's, that's what's so strong. If you could be vulnerable around someone, or you could, you know, like me sharing this, you sharing that it's so you're, you put yourself in such a vulnerable position, but like, that vulnerability is really like that's the, this essential part of life. This beautiful part connection. of life, it leads yeah. To
0: connection and then that leads to inspiration. Uh-huh.
1: And I was I was li- listening to a book on tape. Uh, Gabor Mate he deals with substance abuse and things like that. Mm-hmm. And he says most people the reason why they start using substances is because of this vulnerability either in social situations or feeling sad or regret or anything, it's because of vulnerability and they're not comfortable being there. So that's a lot of what they're triggers covering something. Yeah. Up. Yeah. And it is this vulnerable thing. I feel like we have to always put ourselves in a vulnerable position around the right people and be comfortable there because it's going to help other people. It connects people. And we are all people, but we're all trying to pretend like, oh man, I'm too cool. No, this, we all need each other. I need, yes. someone needs to hear me say, Hey, I'm a luxury And I felt like walking in front of a fucking bus and be like, <laughs> you too. All right. Then I'm not going to walk in front of a bus. Maybe I need to talk to a therapist. Maybe, you know, like people need to hear I mean, I, I hope you don't mind. Like you <laughs> lost your father and all that, yeah. t- that. No, I don't mind. You know, that's yeah. tough. And, uh, that's, I mean, I can't imagine what that feels like. And, but people, there are other people who have, that does happened to, and they don't want to be alone. They don't have friends or people in their circle who've gone through that, but they need need to hear it from someone else. Like, okay, like she felt this too, and it's okay. I'm, you know, I'm not overreacting or I should feel this way. And it's okay to hurt today, yes. you know?
0: Yes, and you you know, like you said, sit through the emotions, process mm-hmm. it, like give yourself some time to go through it and then pick yourself up and get up. Cause you have to keep going. Like yeah. you have to keep going. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? And just like during the whole pandemic thing when I said the concept of this show, I think what triggered it the most was my like realizing like this pandemic is happening. The uncertainty, right? Nobody knows what's going to happen. Nobody knows. Like, it's it's new. It's scary. It's fresh. It's whatever. Mm-hmm. My dad was my best friend. Literally. Number
1: one supporter. You mentioned that he said something to you. Litt- yeah. Yes, at the beginning of this. Literal
0: sorry. protector. And mm-hmm. I felt like, wow, all this is going on. And, like, my dad's not here physically to protect me anymore. I Flipped. Yeah. I flipped you guys. I had my first anxiety attack, like ever, uh, the day that we had a curfew. It was like the first day that the, the, the protest started happening. Mm-hmm. It was like that Saturday I was out in Joshua tree, yeah. um, modeling uh-huh. and then we had no service. Right. And then we come back, we all get service, and it's like curfew 8 p.m. You have to be and we were like, Oh my, because we were gonna like yeah. go to Big Bear, we were gonna continue shooting. We're like, mm-hmm. Fuck, we gotta get home. Yeah, so we all decided to go home. Well, I didn't want to go to LA because the protest, I was scared. Yeah, I both my roommates were out of town. I lived with roommates at the time, so I was all, a female all by myself. My dad, yeah. it just it really hit me like my dad's not here to protect me. And you're a woman alone. And I, freaked and, the fuck yeah. out. And I had a maid I didn't go home, I stayed in the Island Empire with my friend oh, with Alyssa! Oh shit, with oh, yeah, Alyssa! Yeah, yeah. Oh my god, yeah, yeah. shout out to Alyssa. So um, <laughs> yeah, I stayed with her parent both of her parents are sheriffs so i was like i'm in like the safest place ever and she like literally took care of me like i was in her car and we were talking and i literally started hyperventilating she told me she's like mandy you weren't breathing she's like you literally weren't breathing like i was in her passenger seat and i literally i couldn't breathe i was crying but i could that means i was breathing but then there were literally moments of silence where she was like you're not you weren't breathing like you were not breathing she held my hand and talked me through it for literally 45 minutes. She literally tucked me into bed that night, gave me a weighted blanket. Like she took care of me. And I will yeah. never forget that. And that was my first anxiety attack ever. And then I had another anxiety attack, well, I had tons of anxiety attacks during the <laughs> pandemic. But I remember I had one and I literally felt like I was gonna die. I literally felt like I was dying. And I had like, um, I had like a Xanax or whatever. And I remember just taking like a tiny little piece of it. And I was like, I don't want to get addicted to this because I do have like a past, you know, we'll get into uh-huh. that. Different episodes, But I was afraid to take that because I didn't want to get addicted. But honestly, that little, tiniest little piece completely took away all my anxiety. And I went to sleep and I was trying so hard to talk to my therapist. Like the Zoloft isn't working. Like I don't need an antidepressant. I need, ang- I need something for anxiety. Yeah. Well, they don't, they don't, um, prescribe barbiturates anymore they don't they don't prescribe those anymore like opiates or whatever because they're too addictive so he's like sorry we can't get you Xanax and I'm just like none of this shit's none of this shit no but I'm like I'm like I need it though it's not like I'm just trying to like take it to take it like genuinely feel like I'm gonna die yeah of course you know and
1: I I I fought my way through it and you you had your friend there to help you too and you know and that's that's really big of her but you know you don't realize these people are there for you as oh, listen, well oh there's
0: so much for me yeah you.
1: but but we, you know like friends or whatever but you have to you have to ask you have to be willing to you know to, to put yourself out there yeah and uh, I mean, of course, the Xanax helps, but having her there and watching you—it's almost—it's comfortable. It's like your parents watching you when you're sick. If you get your fever gets yeah. too high, things you like just that. Your mom, or yeah, that. like you know. And then being all alone—that's what it was. And I then, wanted my dad, and yeah. my dad wasn't here. So and was then, just, but like, that's being an adult too. And there goes yeah. all of this innocence. And now I'm just fucking alone. I'm sick. I fucking my tire is flat. This and that. And I just want someone to help me. And I'm screaming, and no one's fucking there. And it's like, okay, like you know, it's, it's, you are alone, but you're not, you know, and there's so many other people and, you know, and beautiful, beautiful interactions you can have with other people, like when one door closes, when someone leaves your life, there's other people to take those places, but you have to be willing to accept it, not to live in it, to dwell in it and not accept anyone.
0: Right. And I, yeah, yes. And I really feel like people are in your life for a certain amount of time, like for seasons and all that. Uh And like, my roommates at the time, like, the one was a therapist. Wait, your roommate was a therapist? <laughs> my, wow. right, she, my roommate was a therapist. Now you a therapist, right? No. Okay. And my other roommate, she suffers from, like, some issues which she talked about. She's been on the show or whatever. She's actually the one who pushed me towards um, seeking help. Oh. So th- I, this would not be here like, without her being like, dude, Mandy. Like, she literally put me she's like, dude, Mandy, like... You're, you're affecting me. Like What made her say? Because I was fucking a mess. Yes. I was literally in a walking anxiety attack, and like I was doing research <laughs> that's during that's the whole research. Episode. I went down. They say the rabbit hole, honey. I went down the rabbit like bunker center of the earth. Like oh, I God. was immersed in this shit. I'm ah, not kidding. Ah, ah. And I was like pretty much torturing myself, you know. And I was just like, you guys, this is happening. And then she was finally just like, girl, like you, you need to like, you need to talk, you need to get on something. She's like, cause I've, I've gone my whole life without any medication. I was diagnosed with ADHD at age 10. Uh Um, and like I never had done anything for any of the trauma that I've been through anything. I never dealt with it Uh and it hit me at 33 years old in the middle of the pandemic. <laughs> but I'm so grateful because literally this yeah. this is why we're here. Yeah. 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 I
1: mean, it does. We have talked about that prior to, you know, like sometimes it doesn't affect you. It doesn't affect you. It doesn't affect you. Then all at once it's like, oh, here it is. Everything you've been putting on the back burner. Well, it's all here now. Deal with it all, you know. And you're just like, Hi, I'm not ready.
0: <laughs> I don't want to see you right and it's now. It's
1: like panic attack. Yes, yes. To go in front of a boss. Why do I exist? Yes, and, that. and your mind. And sometimes I'm realizing I just got to slow the fuck down because I'm, I'm all over the yeah. place and I'm thinking about the past and then I'm thinking about the future. I'm like, and that's like living like a crazy person. They live in this non-existent world. Right. And I'm living in these two non-existent worlds and I'm never living right now. And so now I'm, I practice mindfulness and being present in the moment. Like when I wash dishes, I'll try and sit there and um, and I wash the dishes, it's actually a, a really nice feeling. The warm soap, the hit your hands. I'm like, just yeah, mm-hmm. just being mindful. And I'm like, because I'm, my brain is scattered all here. I mean, the past, the future, things that don't exist, just creating scenarios. I'm like, just breathe, just be here. It's and breath, breath is everything. Yeah, it
0: really is. There's a saying, I'm sure you've heard it, is that if you live in the past, you're depressed. Or if you're depressed, it's because you're living in the past. And if you have anxiety, it's because you're living in the future. Mm-hmm. And that's why they call it the present.
1: Uh, Because we're supposed to be living in the present. So
0: being present and mindful of where you're at and not Uh thinking about what happened because you can't change it or what's going to happen because you don't know yet. It's like... Mm-hmm. Just chill. Like, just uh-huh. live. And, like, I actually, I don't know I, I haven't shared this, but I actually, like, have stopped taking Zoloft for almost a year now. I just stopped oh, cool. cold turkey. I just—I uh-huh. didn't want to be dependent on it. Uh-huh. It was suppressing my appetite, which I wasn't too worried about because I was, like, staying in shape and all that, you know? But, like, I was just, like, you know, I was just, like, I don't want to, I don't want this in my system anymore. Like, I just don't. Yeah. Like, I want to try to do it. I want to try to heal myself, like, naturally and spiritually. Yeah. And so, especially since the beginning of this year, I've really like really been trying really hard. I've replaced all music with just classical. Oh right! And um, I was listening to some
1: classical. The way yes, do yes. some great classical please, music. Please, please, yeah. I was just uh-huh. listening to
0: before you were here too. I listen uh-huh. to classical um, motivational speeches, so like uh-huh. Tony Robbins. I'm missing day three right now, but that's fine. Yeah. Of his okay. like five day whatever, um, and I listen to Mel Robbins, Lewis Howes, um, uh-huh. um, 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 Les Brown, Jim okay. Rohn, okay. like all these amazing people that I look up to and that I will be just as big as them one yeah, day. That's I'm my not. that's my goal. It's,
1: you know, it begins and ends in your mind. You
0: know. Oh my God! I say this all the time. I seriously feel I'm like, did you like, did you hear the episode before? And like, yeah. are you like in my mind, girl? I, like, I am. You yeah. are literally <laughs> saying every, you can even ask Brandon, like you're literally saying everything I say in my energies and I love it. Like you're definitely
1: meant to be well, here. I we've got, yeah, uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, it's the energy.
0: It's the energy. Yeah. So um, what got you on your, um, like where did you start your spiritual journey? Like where did you start when you
1: knew it was about mindfulness? Yeah. What steps did you take? Did you start reading books? What do you listen to? Just you know uh, giving well, you some advice yeah, yeah i mean at first i i would you know say it was a down moment because the first time you, it's like uh when you're growing up as a kid you you get caught for drinking or whatever you're like oh god God, please, 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 don't don't, uh, call the cops or don't have the cops come. I promise I'll never do it again. And it's like when I found myself in those big ruts or something, I'd be like, oh, I'm going to read this meditation book, but I'm sitting there crying, like hysterical, and I just can't read it. But I'd always go back, it's okay. I didn't read the book a million fucking times. I didn't listen to the book on tape a million times, but I attempted to. And then one day... When I was ready, when I was in an okay state or whatever, that I started going hiking. I'm like, you know what? I'm always listening to music and it's just, I'm like, I'm going to listen to a book on tape and then I listened to it and it was still that background. And then when I'm at the gym, I would listen to it because it made it a little easier than music. I was listening to what they had to say and I was working out. And so then it started that way. And then I started just applying little things to my life. Like, oh, I remember what they said. Let me just make a note of that. And uh, I would just, I would start applying it. And it's kind of, it goes like this. Like we're always like, well, I could be here. I could do this. But you look at your life like a a plant, you know, when is a plant at its perfection from when it's a seed to full bloom? When would you say it's at its perfection? You know, it's never at its perfection. Yeah, but it always is. It's It's always, yeah, it's always, it's always where exactly where it needs to be. That's it. You know, from a seedling to full bloom, it is exactly where it needs to be. I never I put down that book a million times, but that's exactly what I needed to do in order to get to where I'm at. So I'm exactly where I need to be. And I always put myself down because I'm like, I could have done this a year ago. I should have started doing this. I'm like, but I needed to not do that to be accepting of where it is now and how far I've grown. And I'll do the books on tape and I write a journal every day. And sometimes in my week where I know like I was slacking or, you know, like it took a day off, I'll put a little... Like, I have to write it out. I'll put like a little one of those post it things and I'll go back. I'm like, what happened that day prior not to? to talk about yeah, it. made this, that, and then I'll put it together because man, is like this. We're studying the Kardashians. We're studying some like uh, uh, obscure poet from the 18th or century. Or like a basketball player. Yeah, I'm like, but the real master, you have to master yourself. And then once you master yourself, the world's at your fucking fingertips, you know? We are literally the creator of our lives. Yeah, and so that's what I'm doing. I'm trying to master myself, and that's who I'm trying to get to know. That's all we should do. Yeah. If
0: we all focus on mastering ourselves, we will treat other people better and, and uh, than what's happening, and our whole world will be a better place. Yeah, yeah. So everybody master yourselves. <laughs> focus on yourself, okay? Uh-huh. Get up in the morning, 5 a.m., journal, meditate, work out, f- all that before you eat, uh-huh. and then... And and then, and then you eat and then you go on with your day and you work and you do all that jazz because it's, there's the 5am club, huh? Yes. (laughs) yes, The the,
1: the, the millionaire
0: mindset. Yes. I love it. I love it. Yes. Another book. Yes. So just, just focus on yourself. And like, I'm striving to read a book every single month, one book a month. I want to do two, but one book a month. Mm -hmm. Um, and really honestly, if, if it doesn't feel like it's putting knowledge in my brain, I don't want it. Yeah, like literally, like I'm. I'm like, it took me 35 years to figure this out. So but I'm much here. garbage. We
1: got to get rid of that. So it's like a hard drive. You got to get rid of some of the shit to put in some more. So true. Uh huh. Uh-huh. So true.
0: But we got to get going. Yes. Okay. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Radio. No. 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 <laughs> yeah, we just, we have we have some times here, but um, it was amazing having you, yeah, Eve. I'm so it. happy that you're here. That was such a great I conversation. <laughs> Please let everybody know where they can find you and if you could uh-huh. spell it out for our listeners as well. Yes,
1: you can find me on Instagram at Eve underscore morrow.com that's e-v-e underscore m-a-u-r-o yes wow. on all platforms. like a commercial <laughs> <laughs> i broke something hey!
0: <laughs> and, and you already know my name is amanda terry i am your host but i do go by makeup mandy and you can find me on all social media platforms at makeup underscore mandy that's with an i and please follow my podcast this podcast Makeup up your mind with mandy it is at makeup your mind and that's with a you underscore podcast and we appreciate you being here and listening to us and please subscribe and we love you all and we'll see you next time Woo.